Yeah, it's it's not a <laughs> yeah, it's not not a huge story. I mean, I was yeah, a young kid. I was nine years old. My dad just suggested, um, yeah, we go down to the local gym. I was playing Aussie Rules footy at the time, and I was only a small kid. And I think he he thought, yeah, getting get me to learn how to protect myself would uh, mm-hmm. yeah would, would help with my footy, and uh, yeah yeah just give me a little bit more confidence in that as well. Okay, so, okay. So please tell us about your your amateur boxing accomplishments and how many Australian national championships did, did you win? Because you you had a great amateur career, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was good in the amateurs. You know, I enjoyed my experience there, and you know, I was lucky enough to represent my country um, a few times. And um, yeah, as an amateur, I did win. So I won five uh, senior national titles. I also won my one junior one. Um, so yeah, th- things were good from yeah 2000 to 2004. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was pretty successful. Um, yeah, got to travel the world with the amateur team with yeah, great bunch of guys. Would have been great. So in 2000, you represented Australia at the Sydney Olympics. You unfortunately <laughs> lost in the first round of the competition. The Italy's Leonard Bundu by 4-2. Please tell us about your Olympic experience. Uh, yeah, so I. I that was that was a, a great experience. You know, obviously every kid dreams to be able to uh, represent their country uh, on the biggest stage. And yeah, I was uh, yeah fortunate enough, I guess, to yeah have great people around me, good family support, and uh, yeah, great trainers. And um, you know, I, I kind of dedicated my life to to boxing. And um, yeah, it came to the point where I won the nationals and. Uh, yeah, got the chance to go to Oceana's, uh, won that as well. So, yeah, it was uh, a yeah, pretty amazing, you know, feeling, you know, heading off to the Olympics. And, uh, you know, once I did get that opportunity, there, there was a few little hurdles along the way, but once I did get that opportunity, um, yeah, we, we started off with some, some big training camps overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we went away for, I think it was like about two months before, um, the Olympics started, so we weren't even in Australia prior yeah, to the Olympics. Really? So it was, yeah, it, yeah it, was, it was massive uh, coming back to Australia. You know, we, we arrived back into Sydney. We went to the village and, and was given our all our clothes and our uniforms and everything. And you know, putting on those uniforms was, was a special experience, especially, you know, that was pretty much all the clothes that we had as well. So, you know, if we wanted to go for a walk um, through the village or through... You know, outside of the village, you know, we had the support of pretty much the whole of Australia behind yeah. us, and that which was, yeah, it was a great experience. I went there a couple of days and watched the Olympics at Sydney Olympics. It was an absolute buzz just being in the crowd. I can only imagine what the film was. Yep. Okay, in 2001, yep. you fought Gennady Golovkin as an amateur in Japan. What's your recollection yep. of your of your amateur fight with Golovkin? Yeah, yeah, so. I remember that tournament, um, yeah, the East Asian Games. It was a, yeah, it was a great tournament. We, uh, yeah, went over there, yeah, fairly confident. Yeah. I, I got a win in the first round against the Japanese, my Japanese opponent, yeah. and I knew I was going to be, yeah, I was in the final against a, a tough, yeah, Kazakh fighter, and uh, yeah, I didn't know it was him at the time, but yeah. I, I don't recall heaps about it. I do recall that, yeah, he's. Very skillful, great footwork, great balance. Um, yeah, I don't think he'd had developed the punching power quite yeah. 
at that stage, but he, yeah, definitely very skillful. Like mm. like most of the Kazakh fighters, I thought, yeah, a lot of the, the Russian fighters, Kazakh fighters, yeah. Um, yeah, they all had great skills, great footwork, great balance, yeah. um, and it was always the type of fight where I would I would walk out of there, whether I won or lost, um, mm. yeah, I'd, I'd walk out of there knowing that I've improved. Yeah, well, well, in 2002 in Manchester, you won a Commonwealth Games gold medal. What's your memories of your Commonwealth Games experience? Yeah, um, I guess a little bit similar to the Olympic experience. Like it was, uh, it was great game selection. Very uh, excited about that. Um, huge training camp prior um, to the Commonwealth Games as well. Yeah, a lot of travelling. So you know, out of a suitcase, living out of a suitcase. Yeah. It was, it was definitely a fun experience. You so, loved it. You loved it, Daddy. Yeah. Daddy. I, I did, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was the type of thing that I knew it was going to make me better and prepare me for it. It was, it was funny as well. Like I hadn't had that experience too much in my life. Um, a, few, a few occasions, but I just, uh, yeah, without being cocky, like I'm not a cocky person at all, but I was just, like, super confident um, that I was going to win that tournament. I just went in there with nothing else in my mind um, other than, yeah, coming out there and doing what I did best, and it didn't matter who I was going to fight, whether I was, I was fighting, yeah the, yeah, the number one ranked fighter first round, or, or it didn't matter. I, I was I was going to win the tournament. Well, you sure did. Who did you um? Who did you beat? Actually, beat for the gold. Uh so the South African. South African. Uh, remember his name? Yeah, his name was. Oh gosh. Now. I'll put you on the spot. I just now. watched it recently. <laughs> yeah. You? Okay, moving along. You turned pro in 2004 with a third round KO over Danny Bullitt. What's your recollections of your pro debut at South? Was it Southport Sharks o, uh, AFL Club, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like switching over from the amateurs to the pros, you know, I was lucky enough to to join Jeff Fennick Stable. Um, yeah, with the mm -hmm. likes of you know, Danny Green there, the wow. Fame Brothers, um, yeah, Vic Darchinian, Love More to Do. Like it was a, it was a, a, a world class stable. And, uh, yeah, it, it was great. You know, yeah, Sakya Bigger was there as well. It was yeah, always great sparring, great being around, like rubbing shoulders with guys like that, especially when I was just. Just kind of learning, learning the pro style, mm. learning the craft. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that. Yeah, I was looking forward to my first fight with Jeff, and, and he he kept saying to me that the fight's coming up, and all the all at the same time. Um, yeah, my wife at the time was heavily pregnant, and yeah. just as I'd moved up to Sydney, and so I, I was looking at the um, the dates just yesterday and uh so my first professional fight was a week before my son was born right so, Jeez, yeah my, my son my son was born then the week later i went up to queensland had my first professional fight so yeah. that was kind of cutting it pretty close <laughs> um but yeah fortunately fortunately sure everything was. worked out um you know i was very focused training very hard at that stage and yeah. i wasn't gonna let anything get in my way um danny um danny bell is a good opponent for my mm -hmm. first opponent, he was very experienced at the time, and uh, yeah, but I knew I had a uh, job to do, so I had to go and prove myself. Okay, in your early fights, you kept really busy, and you undefeated, you undefeated fighting almost monthly. In October 2005, you captured the OPF, OPBF Super Welterweight Championship 
with an eighth round KO over Gary Comer. Please tell us about the night you won the APBF title. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had been previously fighting at uh, middleweight, and uh, so I found out just just not long, not too long before that, that I was for the junior junior middleweight mm-hmm. APBF title. Um, so I had to strip a few kilos off with that one. Um, I don't know if it helped me or it made it worse, but I know, yeah, I still remember about a week or so before that fight, you know, it was a bad case of like gastro and nearly almost sidelined me as well. It was, uh, it was pretty horrific. My kids had all had it as well. Um, and yeah, passed it on to me, which, which wasn't very nice. But um, hadn't hadn't really told anybody about that one. But yeah, yeah I was I was very okay. very sick um, in the last in like last few days leading up to that mm-hmm. fight. Um, but yeah, fortunately pulled through, and, yeah, and it was a tough through. fight against Gary. Yeah, I mean, he's a, a definitely one, incredible mate. opponent. Yeah, 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 very dangerous southpaw. Um, but yeah, fortunately got the job done, and uh, yeah, I had my goal set much higher. So I just wanted to keep pushing and yeah. um yeah yeah just wanted more okay everything was go- going well in two- 2006 when you hit a bad patch of being dropped by Nanoi gonzalez and lee otti you also labored yep. it to defeat thailand's pompum jackapot what do you think you struggled in those fights mate what did you do to refine your form yeah i guess it was like things Early on, started out really well. Um, yeah, things were very positive, and I think it probably got to a stage where maybe I took the, the uh, foot off the gas just a little bit. Um, yeah, there was a few few little changes that were happening as well around me, and uh, yeah, I yeah possibly like because of the changes, may have taken the foot off the pedal and and just kind of relaxed and, and just believed that my um, yeah, my skills and my abilities are going to get me through. Um, yeah, and, and I guess it was, it was a good little wake-up call. Uh, I needed that. I needed probably yeah, get hit a couple of times, and uh, you get hit a couple of times, hopefully you learn, and uh, I believe I learned at that stage. These things happen, don't they, mate? You yep. know, you can't afford to take your, your foot off the pedal, can you? Nah, exactly, uh, right. Okay, in December 2007, you finally got a shot at a world title against undefeated power puncher Daniel Dawson. You won a unanimous decision to claim the lesser yep. IBA middleweight championship. Please please tell us about the fight and the feeling of winning an APBF world title. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a, a good experience as well. I mean, yeah, Daniel Dawson at the time, yeah, undefeated, he... He was, yeah, scaring a lot of opponents off. He, he knocked a lot of people out. Yeah. Um, I'd been to been to one of his fights previously mm-hmm. um, to check him out, and uh, yeah, he yeah came out away with a big knockout victory. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I I kind of watched watched him, and I, I knew that at the time that I could beat him. I yeah. just knew I had to go out there and yeah do what I do best. Um, yeah, he, he was definitely a dangerous opponent and I had to be shown a lot of respect, but, but also knew if I, I did box the way I, I know I can box that I would definitely beat him. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think with that fight as well, there was some postponements before that as well. Um, so I know by the time our fight came about, um, you know, I was very, very hungry. I just wanted to get in there and I wanted to... Yeah, I just wanted to fight, and uh, I was lucky enough to, to be able to do it um, locally to where I live at the moment. And, uh, 
yeah, so that that was a, a great experience as well. Had oh. plenty of support, family and friends come along, which was great. Oh, I bet it was. It's getting good now. In May 2009, you fought Anthony Mundine in Brisbane. You lost a 12-round split decision. Please tell us about your fight with Choc. I watched every round of this, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. That was a fun fight. I've watched it a fair few times afterwards. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I enjoy that fight. It's, uh, it's a good back and forth, um, plenty of good exchanges. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a yeah a good fight. So, uh, and I knew at that stage, um, he probably I believe was boxing the best he had throughout his career at that yeah. stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure yeah, was. He, he was fit, he was strong, he was he was a busy fighter. Um, yeah, he yeah didn't mind exchanging. So I, I knew I was in for a big fight. I knew he has great speed, great great athleticism, athleticism. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess at, at the time, like I knew what I had to had to do to, to upset him with that. And uh, yeah, went out there with a plan. Um, yeah, got, got a little bit sloppy early on. I think it was the second or third round or, or something like that. But yeah, yeah regained myself and uh, yeah, just kept the pressure on him and, and kept yeah, kind of sustained pressure on him. Yeah, I think at the time, my corner and I thought we'd we'd done enough, but obviously. Um, yeah, it doesn't always go your way, yeah. um, especially up-and-coming fighters. Um, yeah, which which is okay because I, I use it as more motivation to keep me training hard and uh, yeah, not not kind of relax like I had previously in the past. Yeah, you won your next couple in in October 2010. You had a final eliminator with Russian's former world champion Roman Kamazan at Homebush. You stopped Kamazan in the 12th and final round. What's your memories of that fight? Yeah, uh, that was a fight that I, um, yeah, definitely had a lot of respect for Karmazan. Mm. Like I'd previously seen him fight before. I'd fought, fought a fair few Russians before. Um, so I, I knew, like, generally their, their style that they have, and uh, I knew it was going to be a tough fight. Yeah. And uh, Karmazan ca- definitely came to fight. But, yeah, I think at that point, like, I, I'd been through so many obstacles and over so many hurdles uh, previously that, um, I, I guess all the stuff that people don't see behind the scenes, that there wasn't anything that was going to stand in my way. I, I yeah. yeah, trained harder than I'd ever trained for that fight. I think I was in better condition than I'd ever been for, for that fight. And, uh, yeah, I wasn't letting anything stand in my way. Uh, and I knew, again, that sustained pressure, um, yeah, was, was going to gonna be the way for my victory. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, Kalmazan, like I said, he was always dangerous. He was always that one punch away from being able to change the fight. But, yeah, yeah. I remained focused. And, uh, yeah, yeah the, the late stoppage was, was yeah, great. Okay. Uh, yeah. Your career's getting good now. This led to a world title <laughs> shot in your next fight in Germany. You fought Sebastian, Sil- Sebastian Sylvester over 12 rounds and you won a 12-round split decision, capturing the IBF middleweight championships. What's your recollections of this, of the Sylvester fight? Uh, yeah, what was that? Sorry, it was a beauty, mate. It was a great yeah. fight for you. Yeah. We all watched that, mate. I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was. I think it was the type of thing that I guess. Like I felt like I had so much support, um, but I don't know if anybody kind of really believed that I was going to be able to mm. get the title off the German. Um, yeah, he. You know, it was. It was kind of renowned at that stage, especially yeah. that. Yeah, taking a title, especially by points, off off a German in Germany is impossible. Unbelievable, so, isn't it? 
Uh, so, yeah, I, I just went over there and I knew I had to be, um, yeah, I had to be confident in myself. I had yeah. to put it beyond doubt. I had to put it beyond the the, the judges' minds that, that I was going to yeah be stronger and better in the fight and uh, I had to keep the pressure on. And, and again, that sustained pressure, um, that hunger, that desire, I, I think showed out. And, uh, you know, fortunately, the, the judges scored correctly and, uh yeah, but end up t- taking a title. They got that right. Okay, this led to a world title for defensive Hobart against Sheremasol. Albert, you won a 12-round unanimous decision. What's your memories of your first IBF title defence? You're on fire. Uh, yeah, yeah, things have gone really well. Uh, yeah, a few little obstacles in the way. You know, it was yeah. Uh, great for me to be able to take a world title down to Tasmania, um, where I'd grown up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the people down there were very thankful that I was, I was able to do that. Um, yeah, it was yeah great being able to reconnect with a lot of my family. So I, I had been away, yeah. um, you know, training very hard for, for a lot of years. So to be able to go back to Tassie and, and see friends and family, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely yeah, really, really good. Um, I, I, with the Albert fight, um, yeah, I, I knew he was a, a pressure style fighter. He was a come forward, walk out here style fighter. Unfortunately, in the lead up to that fight, I damaged my right hand and uh, I was carrying a you know, right hand injury into that fight. And probably a lot of people don't know that one, but I, I can still remember hitting the pads um, just yeah as I was heading out of the fights and. Yeah, feeling the pain that was ringing through my right hand. Yeah. I, I kind of knew, um, yeah, things were going to be difficult. And, and even even when I was into the, I think it was the first or second round, I decided to throw that right hand. Ended up hitting him in the middle of the forehead, which is not ideal. And uh, and I knew from that moment onwards that I, I couldn't be an aggressive style fighter. I had to change my style, and and, and I came became like a, a more defensive style yeah. fighter, changed mm-hmm. my style a little bit. Knew, mm-hmm. I knew the only way to beat him was to be able to outbox him, wasn't going to be able to hurt him. So mm-hmm. I just went out there just, just to score as many points, try and stay as busy as I can, um, just make sure I yeah, keep my title. Okay, March 2012, you had your second world title defence in Hobart again with a 12-round yep. unanimous decision over Adamar Osamunu. What's your recollections of that fight? Yeah, yeah, that was... a. Uh, uh, I think that was a fight where I went into the fight with no problems, no injuries, no issues. So I was, I was definitely very confident. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know before the before the fight when uh, Adamis camp, they uh, yeah tried to get some attention and uh, yeah I think it was Adamis trainer actually yeah started trying to promote the fight a little bit yeah. and uh, yeah. became a little bit outspoken, which which was good. It didn't bother me at all. Um, yeah, and, and tried to, I guess, put us off. But for me, it just, just fueled the fire and uh, yeah. I knew I had to go out there and make a bit of a statement with the Dharma. He was a good, don't get me wrong, he was a good yeah. quality fighter. Mm. Been in there with some great fighters himself. Um, but I felt like I had to go out there and, and just put it beyond doubt. And, and mm-hmm. I felt like I did. I felt like I boxed well in that fight. And, uh, yeah, just didn't give him a chance at all. Unanimous decision. The Daniel Girl in September 2012, you return to Germany to have a unification fight with the WBA middleweight champion, Felix Sturm. You won a 12-round split decision over Stern. Please tell us about the night you partially unified the middleweight championship. Yep, yep. That was a... Uh, Good performance, yeah, wasn't he, it? Oh, it was a huge performance. It was a very enjoyable night. 
to be honest. I think some of them days you, you jump into the ring and um, you feel great. Some days you don't feel as good, but, but definitely that day I, I stepped into the ring and I felt great. Yeah. I knew my job. I knew what I had to do. I prepared you know, extremely well for that. I still believe, um, yeah, my mind, the, the way my mind was at that stage, I, I was just so fully focused. Um, so yeah, just everything was in the right spot. Everything was where it needed to be. Um, yeah, psychologically, I was I was strong, and uh, yeah, and I knew uh, I knew Sturm, one of the best boxers that I'd faced so far. Most skillful boxers. I think he had eleven straight defenses of his title um, previously, um, and, and some were very close as well, which he obviously retained, but. Um, yeah, again, the the, the German um, yeah winning streak on German soil continued for him, but um, I knew I had to be yeah super confident, um, not let that bother me. Another factor as well I knew was, um, which some people can let that affect them, is, is the, the crowd, yeah. um, judging and the crowd. And I, I knew if, if I kept the crowd as quiet as possible, yeah, um, yeah there were <laughs> like ten thousand plus strong mm. fighters. Uh, yeah. Sorry, ten thousand plus strong, um, yeah, in the crowd. Mm. And if I kept them as quiet as possible, you know, I was doing a good job. As soon as I heard the crowd roar, um, yeah. yeah, I guess I knew that wasn't <laughs> wasn't for me. So, yeah, my my job was to keep him uh, keep the crowd quiet, and uh, I felt felt like I done a pretty good job. I yeah, kept the pressure sure on did. him. I, Definitely heard him in different stages, and uh, yeah, he took took his boxing skills away. I mean, Sturm had like one of the best jabs in boxing, I think. Yeah, for, for a long yeah, time, and sure yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely definitely got caught with a few of them. But mm-hmm. um, at the same time, like I made sure he he, he caught a few of mine as well. A split decision in Germany, unbelievable, mate. You're a Houdini. Yep, yeah. Houdini, we're going to call you. <laughs> yeah. Who went, no one gets a split decision overseas. Only Daniel uh, Bell does, mate. Yeah, oh, you must yeah. have won convincingly. Okay, you're almost immediately stripped of the WBA yep. middleweight championships. What's your feelings of having that your WBA title taken away from you outside the ring? Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't really yeah, realise until... I don't know, maybe it was a week or so after yeah. I, I'd got back to Australia. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I found out the news and obviously very disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at the same time, like, it was it was frustrating. Like, I'd never received the belt. Um, yeah, I didn't even receive my belt because usually they send it out yeah. um, weeks later in the mail. I never received my mail and yeah, I'd lost the title already, so uh, it was it was very disappointing in that. But yeah. I guess at the same time, like I was still very hungry, and, and I knew there was more um, around still there for me as well. So I just uh, yeah, set my my goals to, to the next next task. Um, okay. you know, I, I backed my team. You know, I had a great team, you know, with the, the boys. Um, yeah, the Grange, um, they they knew the path that we were taking, yeah. you know, throughout, which was great. Mm-hmm. This, okay, this came to your rematch with Anthony Mundine. There seemed to be a yep. lot of bad blood prior to the fight with Mundine claiming that you were not a real Aborigine. What were your feelings when Mundine made this comment at the pre-fight press conference? Uh, yeah, I, I, I could see it a mile away. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it, <laughs> yeah. it, it kind of, it kind of it was like the first one a little bit as well. I mean, obviously, he wasn't as outspoken, but he's just, 
like he did always with all his opponents, just try to get in their heads and, and try and upset them, try mm. and make them angry, try and throw them off somehow. And uh, yeah, I think by me not reacting to um, yeah a, a lot of the things that he said probably frustrated him more than it did yeah. uh, and probably got into his head a little bit more that, yeah, all the stuff that he was saying didn't affect me at all. Yeah, um, yeah I guess I just knew, I knew my job, I knew what I had to do. Yeah. Um, I knew that I was going to go out there and win the fight, and that was, that was basically it. Okay, you won a 12-round unanimous decision over Anthony Mundine in the rematch. It must have felt great to extract revenge. Please tell us about yeah. the fight itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a good fight. I, mean, I don't believe it was um, as good a fight as the first one. The yeah. first one I really enjoyed, but the second one I felt like, because of the experience that I previously had, I, yeah, just... Yeah, I just went out yeah. there and I just done what I needed to do. I just went out there. I needed to fight strong. I needed to keep the pressure on. Um, I'd, I'd learnt new skills. Yeah. I just wanted to put them into play, have, have a bit of fun and, and work hard. And I knew from kind of the opening bell almost, um, Mundine didn't really want to engage like he did yeah. in the first fight. Mm-hmm. He kind of yeah stayed on his bike and stayed safe and, and I could see he just wanted to survive the fight. And then... Yeah, you know, I just went about what I needed to do to make sure I won the fight. That was it. Okay, many many felt you won the mundane fight easily. The scores were 117 and 111 by two judges, and the third gave it 116, 112. What what were you feeling when Mundane said he was robbed at the end of the fight? Uh, you yeah, just ignored was, that, did you? <laughs> just ignored it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think. I had somebody mention to me that if, yeah, if I'd have won, won by stoppage, Mundine still would have complained that he, he got a bad decision. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I I just knew that I'd won it, and uh, you know everybody around me knew that I won it. So, you know, I just went on my business. I knew yeah. I still wanted to achieve more. So, yeah, that was fine. Okay, in August 2013, you travelled to the USA and fought England's Darren Barker. It was a very close fight. You had Barker down in the sixth round but you don't seem to punch yourself out. In the end, you lost by a split decision. What happened there? What happened there, mate? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a good fight against Barker. We knew, uh, I think my guys, my team had a choice with the opponent that we could face overseas. And uh, I think, I believe the guys said, you know, we had a choice of a lesser opponent, but we, we chose Darren Barker because we knew he was a credible opponent. Yeah. He'd been there with uh, mm. good fighters already. Um, and I yeah, obviously wanted to challenge myself. Um, but, yeah, Darren is always going to be dangerous. He's a very hungry fighter. Um, so I needed to be, yeah, I needed to be on my game in that yeah. fight. And uh, you know, I believe I believe it was a tough you know, very tough, close fight. Um, yeah, so, you know, unfortunately, yeah. you know, some, some go your way, some was, don't go your way. Yeah, yeah, he was, um, um, he was 25 and 0. He was 25 yeah. and 0 when you fought him. Split decision, yeah. eh? Also close. Yeah. Okay, know, you, re- you rebound. The, well, you can't keep thinking about them, can you, mate? <laughs> nah, exactly. You rebounded well with a six-round KO over Garfoot. This led to you fighting the undefeated Gennady Golovkin at Madison Square Garden. Unfortunately, you were stopped in the third. Now, this yep. this particular day, I had a show on at the Assyrian Club at Fairfield, and uh, when your fight came on, we all stopped the show and turned at the yep. back, and they had the big screen ready 
prison watch. Yeah, okay. It, it wasn't a good night for you, but what happened there, mate? You just... Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, I went in there with confidence. Um, yeah, I knew, I knew I had a job to do. I knew it was going to be a tough job. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, you know, my guys came to me in, in the that fight and, you know, we talked about, you know, potentially fighting Golovkin and, um, yeah, the, I guess the difficulties that surround that, you know, he's a, he was, uh, he has been like one of the biggest punching guys around for a long time. And, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. I, I just, you sure was. I believe that I, yeah, yeah, definitely. I believe I trained the best I could, but, yeah. you know, I guess a lot of people don't realize, you know, that the guy had, you know, such good punching power, also that experience as well from the amateurs. Yeah. He had 300 fights or something in the amateurs yeah. with only, only a couple of losses or something. Um, yeah, and his footwork was, yeah, like as as good as you would get as well. So, you know, I knew I had a, a big task ahead of me, unfortunately. Yeah, some, some of them fights, you go in there with, with the confidence, and I knew I had to make him miss plenty. You know, obviously you don't want to be taking too many punches off a, a guy like that. So, you know, I felt like I was I was making him miss. I was getting him a little bit frustrated, and, and I think there was a point, um, yeah, in the second round where it kind of occurred to me and flashed into my mind. It's like I could tell he was getting a little bit frustrated. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I was like, you know, I'm going to be watching out for, for if he tries to punch with me. And, you know, unfortunately, that was that was basically, yeah, what what the punch that he'd caught me with. Yeah, you know, you I hit him with the right hand and he yeah. comes straight back. So, yeah, you, yeah. Slipped it, you slipped his right hand and uh, that's when yep. I thought, geez, this guy can whack. Because you slipped his yeah. left hand, hit him with a good right, but he'd come back and got you with his yep. own right and, and down you went. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, uh, mate, yeah. you have got a good memory to remember that one. <laughs> okay, once uh, yeah. once again, we'll move up on from that one, mate. <laughs> once again, you yep. rebounded well from the Govlockham fight with a twelve round unanimous decision over Jared Fletcher. This led to yep. another shot at the middleweight. I was at this show, mate, at the Horden Pavilion on it. Was it yeah, Horton? yeah, it was a yeah. great night. Sure. Really was. great night. I remember meeting the boys out the front and uh having a few beers at the pub, then we went on in and, and watched the fight, mate. Beautiful. Yep. That was a good performance, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a great night. And, and the whole card, I mean, the Grange, you know, yeah, did do such a great job in, in putting on great cards. And, you know, I've, I've always found that, sure you know, coming did. out from a, a, a big fight night, um, yeah, everybody was happy. Everybody got their money's worth and, yeah. and seen some action-packed fights. And, and that night in particular, there, there were some great fights. There sure was. So this led to a another show. This led to a showdown with Miguel Cotto in Brooklyn, USA. You were unfortunately stopped in the fourth round. What's your recollections of the Cotto fight? Yeah. Uh, so, so with the, the Cotto fight, um, yeah, probably not not heaps of people know, um, but uh, I know a few people know. But the fight was at catch weight. Um, but previously to that, before we signed the fight, Cotto, yeah. um, there was talk about. Um, heading to the US to fight Andre Ward, uh, okay. which was something that that was exciting to me. Um, fighting a guy, you know, just one of the yeah, at the time, like one one of the top fighters around. Yeah. Uh, but they they my guys had mentioned to me that we we're going to be fighting at super middleweight, possibly at super mm-hmm. middleweight. So I kind of gone into a bit of a phase where I was trying to develop a little bit of strength and yeah. uh, trying to. 
yeah, because I, I wanted to being a middleweight my whole career. I didn't want to be yeah the weaker fighter. Yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to get a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, then it kind of come about pretty quickly, and, and there was a bit of a hold up as well um, with, with the potential fight with Cotto. Um, so we'll, we'll bounce between yeah Cotto and Andre Ward, and obviously I, I had known that. The Kodo fight may be at catch weight, which means yeah, it would be very tough. But also, I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want to get too light at that stage because I could be fighting Andre Ward at super mm. middle. So I stayed stayed a little bit heavier, and uh, yeah, then then the Kodo fight came off. I think it was about eight or nine weeks mm. I had, um, yeah, to get down. To yeah, seventy one point three, or, or one hundred fifty seven pounds. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was that was a bit of a bit of a struggle, and I knew I had to do that mm. tough. But unfortunately, you know, as usual, I had a great team, um, yeah. Yeah, great team of people around me helping me um, to make that weight. Mm-hmm. Um, especially yeah, with the the rules that they have set in place, um, there's, there's weigh-ins. I think there was. Uh, yeah, there was maybe three weigh-ins yeah. that they made me okay. do previously to that fight before the official weigh-in. So mm. it, it was it was pretty strict, and I can understand the reasonings for that. Yeah, but yeah, right. yeah it, it definitely t- paid a bit of a toll oh. on my body. Yeah. Um, yeah, struggled through with a few injuries and stuff. Okay. Um, but that that stuff, like I don't I don't blame that stuff for what happened in the fight. Yeah. I knew I was fighting a Hall of Fame fighter mm-hmm. as well, and uh, he he was yeah. At his weight, he was extremely strong. I probably didn't give him enough respect, yeah. especially especially early on. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you know, trying to clear my head of, yeah. of the weight loss and everything as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it wasn't wasn't as easy as I thought it would be as well. Okay, well, sixteen months went by, and you fought Reynold Quinlan in Launceston. This would prove to be your yeah final fight when you were stopped in two rounds what what went wrong that night yeah uh so i yeah been previously set to, to face him and uh yeah unfortunately my mum passed away yeah, uh, yeah just I think probably weeks before that fight was was meant to take place mm. and uh yeah I, I that was that was a, a massive part of my life mm. you know obviously uh, most people, their, their mothers are a very, very important person in their life, and yeah, it was it was a bit, it was a very tough time. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of struggled to keep motivated, struggled to to okay. yeah set, have my goals set and and everything like that. Well, mate, um, it, right, and, it it proved to be your, your last fight, Daniel, and you finished with a yep. great record of thirty-one wins, yep. five losses, sixteen wins by KO, an amazing career. Mate, looking back, who was your toughest? Who was the toughest opponent? Because, by gee, you had a few. Yeah, there was a few there. There was definitely a lot of good fighters. Um, I, I know like one that sticks out is, is the Felix Mum fight. Yeah. In, yeah. in Germany, um, you know he he yeah his boxing brain. I felt yeah. like um, yeah the, the skill that the guy had, and, and I felt like I had to be switched on. Yeah. From, yeah, the first second of the first round mm. until basically the the bell went in the last round. Yeah. I, I just felt like he wasn't a massive puncher, mm-hmm. but I just felt like at, at any time he could change things, and and he did uh, throughout yeah. our fight. He, he did change the style in different places to try and okay. mess me up a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I knew if I took the yeah foot off the gas with with him at all, um, yeah, it was it was going to be bad for me. 
Okay, who who do you consider your best win? Uh, the best win? Yeah. <laughs> Probably that one as well. Yeah, I thought you were going to say <laughs> yeah. that. Okay, yeah. through, through the yeah. years you sparred many boxers. Can you please tell us some of the big names you sparred? Yeah, um, so remember it back. Um, yeah, um, millions of rounds over the years. You're boxing um, good boys. Yeah, yeah. Trained train with some great guys, like mm. uh, all the guys at the Grange. That we, we've done a million rounds. Guys like Rob Medley and Trent Broadhurst. Um, yeah. Trent Broadhurst came down from Queensland quite regularly mm-hmm. for sparring and one of the most skillful guys yeah. That, yeah, that, that I was facing. Um, yeah, I was lucky enough uh, before Mundine fought Shane Mosley. Yeah. Lucky enough to do mm-hmm. two rounds with Shane Mosley, wow. which, um, which I was yeah, very excited about because uh, I felt like uh, he, his boxing skills were, yeah, they're enormous. You know, obviously seen what he'd done in the past. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with the way he fought when he fought Mundine, but yeah. yeah, he's still definitely a great fighter. And and the sparring sessions that we had at the Grange, um, yeah, were pretty awesome as well. well pretty fun. Bet you had some great sparring. We're gonna we're gonna go into that. Okay, since retiring, what's Daniel Gill been up to since he retired? Enjoying uh, so, so life. My, Enjoying life, yeah, yeah. My biggest thing is, you know, obviously when I was fighting, when I was training hard, um, yeah, it, t- it takes a lot of focus away from other yeah. parts of your life. So um, I've, I've been able to, since I've been fighting, been able to put a lot more into my kids, yeah. um, spend a lot more quality time with my kids. And, yes, yeah, you know, like I've got, yeah, my kids are getting older. Like my oldest is 17 now. Um, yeah, <clears throat> my youngest, youngest is, she's, yeah, six. Yeah. So I've been able to do more with those guys, spend more time with with the kids, and uh, yeah. And I never yeah. forget after the. I think it was after the second Mundine win at the Entertainment yep. Centre. Uh, ben Damon yep. said, "What are you What are you going to do tomorrow besides celebrate your <laughs> ring and your your win?" And you said, first thing I'm going to do is take my kids to school." Yeah, and the whole crowd right. just jeered, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just... that's it. We did. I got up early and uh, drove back and yeah, yeah. put my daughter. She's she's uh, what well, she's thirteen now. Is she? So, <laughs> took her to the first day of school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, I got some uh, mail on you from Rob Medley and uh, Jamie Pittman. Okay, <laughs> yeah. one day, one day. Now I hope I can say this. One day before the <laughs> IBF World Title fight in Germany against Sebastian Sylvester. And Daniel yep. Girl had asked me to rub spray tan on him so he would look good under ah. the big lights for this big fight. <laughs> and I told him, no way, I'm not doing that. Uh, is this true? Uh, is this true, Daniel? <laughs> uh, he, he probably did it too. So Trent no, Broadhurst was there. He's overheard Daniel question, and without hesitation, Trent Broadhurst said, I'll, I'll do it, Danny. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't know what was more strange. That being closed doors, one man was rubbing ten on another man. As I was watching it, this happened. Said uh, said Trent Broadhurst. <laughs> so no comment. That yeah. okay. On a, on a serious note, Gilly was awesome to train with, and I had the privilege to a part to be a part of his team. And in his corner, he learned so much from sparring. You, he says, and uh, yeah. and that's why he's probably got. <laughs> Brain damage to this day, he tells me. <laughs> he says he can't wait to uh, catch up with you after all this lockdown. But uh, the first time he ever seen you box was in Tasmania in the amateurs in 1999. You fought a you yep. fought a light heavy against a very game Tim Bell, and you boxed his ears off. Uh, yep. Rob was saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Jamie Pittman, he says he's got nothing on Gearley. Such a nice guy. Went, over, went away on over 20 international trips with him in the team. And he was a teammate and at the Grange under Graham Shaw for years. Beat me for the Sydney Olympic selection, he said. Absolute gem- gentleman. That's what Jamie Pittman said about you. Yeah, yeah, great guy. Okay. Yeah, both of the guys are great guys. Mate, can yeah. you give us anything on Rob Medley? He also reckons you got to mention in the uh, Daily Telegraph about taking your own, your, your own cards and cheating on tour. Is that true? The cars. Oh, yeah, wow. Cards. Yeah, we had some had some big car games while we were away. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah all the, pretty much all the trips that, that we had overseas and, yeah, when, when we had the boys travel with us. Um, yeah, there, there was a game, um, yeah, we used to play. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. We used to tally up scores, and uh, at the end of the night, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. But uh, apparently, like it wasn't wasn't me. I wasn't really <laughs> counting in that. But Graham Graham Shaw, our coach, yeah. he, he was the one uh, keeping an eye on Rob. And yeah, uh, yeah for, for some reason, um, Graham would constantly bring it up about how, how much Rob cheated, but. I didn't. I didn't want to say anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before you go, what's your advice to any young kid that wants to take up boxing? Um, get in there and have a go. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, find yourself a great trainer, mm-hmm. and uh, get in and have a go. It's, it's one of the best sports that you can be involved in. Um, it gives confidence. Like for me, as, as a kid, you know, I was a very shy kid. Mm-hmm. Um, still, still a little bit shy these days <laughs> as well, but. Um, yeah, not as much as it was back then, yeah. but it, it definitely helps with confidence. It helps with other sports as well. If, mm-hmm. if you play in other sports, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you want you want to get a little bit fit, a little bit stronger, mm-hmm. gain a little bit of confidence, you know, jump in and, and try boxing out. Know, it's one of those sports where you grow not only um, as a as an athlete or as a sports person, but mm-hmm. yeah, every every other part of your life will grow as well. Your confidence, um, yeah, so you true. know, these days. Yeah, these days, like, physical appearance is, is a big thing. And, you know, obviously, when when you're boxing, that's not really an issue because you train hard um, and, and, yeah, you, your body has to be like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you get fit, you feel healthy, you, you, you want to train more. And, you know, I, I felt like something that served me really well from, from a young age was, was setting goals. Yeah. You know, once I became involved in boxing, I started setting goals and, and realizing that, um, realizing enjoyment and being able to yeah. achieve them. Let's and go. once I achieved my goals, I, uh, yeah, set more. Yeah, so, no, that's great advice, Daniel. That's great advice to any young kid listening. Well, thanks, Daniel Gill, for coming on the show, mate. It's been an, an absolute honour having you on, buddy. It really has. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. No, thank you very much. Thank, thanks a lot, Daniel, for coming on, buddy. No worries. Thanks, Paul. See you, mate. Bye for now. Bye, mate.